and welcome to Against the Law, the ancient history podcast that aims to separate fact from fiction in the ancient world. Today, the podcast team are prepared to pitch to me their favourite classical stories retold as children's stories. Their goal is to persuade me to pick their favourite, almost interesting, classics-themed children's tales. As usual, we have Xenia, who thinks it's rotten that we don't know more about ancient Rome. We have Meg, who thinks the Greeks are super groovy. And we've got Barney, who covers A&E Other Business. Yeah, that was a pun based on the initialism A&E, which stands for Ancient Near East. Yes, an initialism, not an acronym for you pedants listening. I'm Flo, and I'm not an expert in the ancient world at all, but I don't half love a good children's book. So, dear listener, let's hear the team's pitches today. So, I think I'm going to start with you, Xenia. If you could pitch to me a really good book... Uh, for me to start with. Yes, so my pitch is, of course, our wonderful friend, Caroline Lawrence. She has written several amazing series um, that are all about, they're all kind of set in the ancient world, specifically the Roman Empire. And I started with her Roman Mysteries series. Now, this was like before I knew I wanted to do classics. I was just, you know, your average, like, 10-year-old girl (laughs) going to the library and getting some books out. Um... And uh, I started with actually the fourth book in the series. The library didn't have the first one. And I was hooked. Like the characters were brilliant. Um, The world was so well painted. You know, she really goes in on her research and, um, and tries to see everything from that child's point of view. You know, like what are the details about the Roman world that would be important to a child? And she, she paints the world all around that. And so you're actually learning so much about ancient Rome and Roman history and um, what life was like in Roman times through these characters and these stories, which are all like detective style stories. In some of her books, you actually meet real characters um, from the ancient world, like Pliny the Younger is, and Pliny the Elder actually, is a character uh, in one of her books. Is that where you learned your hatred for Pliny, Zenia? She actually quite likes Pliny and he comes across, she can't, she can't quite completely gloss over his sense of self-importance um but the way she kind of constructs his character is is sort of very well-meaning and very generous some of the sort of perhaps the the nicer expressions of that same self-importance it's an amazing series you actually get to learn words of latin when you're in it because some of her characters are called latin words or they like use latin words and she weaves that into the conversation um they're so much fun so that's one of her series and she also has a few other series that actually i I confess i've i've not read because by the time i'd finished the roman mysteries that's like 17 books so um i was kind of old enough to move on to other stuff um but she's done other ones where it's like time traveling um and you go back and forth between the modern world and the ancient world so it's very cool and she's a brilliant writer she's also genuinely just a very lovely human being as well which helps probably our best friend of the podcast i'd say like a genuine we've had her on as a guest many times we shout her out all the time i also just want to back up zenia's pitch the roman mysteries was one of my major like getting into classics series and it still blows my mind that caroline lawrence now likes us and our podcast that is such a a big moment for us for me and for me as well actually it's exactly the same story i also had them from the library at school and sort of never in a million years thought that she would be praising our work just as much as hers has inspired us. I think I cried the day she retweeted us. (laughs) I I would like to just dob everyone in and just say that the fangirling 
in the group WhatsApp was insane that that day. <laughs> it was. It truly was. Okay. Well, I I've got to say I am I might be biased, but I am pretty much sold on that pitch already. It's Enya, so you've done a good job there. But I don't know how badly you would have had to have muck it mucked it up <laughs> to put me off. Um. So I'm I'm also quite a fan of mysteries, and uh, I quite like the fact that there's sort of cameos from from real figures from history but also there's sort of real people that we get to know so I'm always drawn during our episodes to the lives of real people and I think there's a lot of scarcity about civilian life so where I can sort of absorb all that information and enjoy it because I love drawing parallels to uh, the modern world with ancient people and I can't really see myself as an empress or a you know Cleopatra type figure but I can definitely see myself as a sort of average joe okay right I, i'm feeling quite good about that um meg i'm gonna come to you next i think what have you what have you brought to us as a pitch so i've actually got two pictures for you um one i've stolen from Xenia's neck of the woods and i think because we're doing reception we're allowing ourselves a bit more free reign like if i remember correctly i think last week barney took a greek one so i'm i think don't quote me on that but i think barney was, was greek so i'm i'm allowing myself a roman one yeah yeah i, I did i, I greek napped it's it's fine because because Barney's also got a bit of a dearth of of material as well, haven't you, Barney? So I think it's fine. Yeah, I got to be, I got to protect. No, I can't. I'm not even protecting my corner. I'm I'm poaching. <laughs> Poach, actively poaching. Actively yeah. poaching. This is a, aggressive manoeuvres. Yeah. Aggressive. As I keep saying, like reception is all about the individual. It's all like this is a whole series about reception, and we're really foregrounding us in this. So I think it's fine to do a bit of poaching in this series. Anyway, my first pitch, if you'll allow me to, Flo, I'm being quite greedy here. My first pitch is a book about Rome, and specifically a book about Roman toilets, which is genuinely, I think, the thing I would credit with getting me into just classics in general. And it was called Are You Ready? Vesuvius Puvius. Oh, I'm already on board. <laughs> it was honestly so good. And I'd forgotten about it until we were doing this episode. And I texted my mum and my brother to be like, do you guys remember? Like, I feel like there were several sort of books about Rome and Greece that we read as children, me and my brother, and we were obsessed with. And I can't remember any of their names. And my brother and my mum were both immediately like, Vesuvius Puvius. And I feel like maybe my subsequent... Duh. You know, yeah, obviously. The fact that I then went on to do a PhD about Homer has potentially, like, unfortunately eclipsed my obsession with Vesuvius Puvius. And I need to almost, like, get back in touch with that, kind of reconnect with that part of myself. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's a book about the invention of plumbing. And obviously, the Romans did have quite good sort of, you know, indoor plumbing water systems. Um, and it's basically a guy who invents the first flushing toilet. And I actually don't know how accurate that is. We might need a bit of an against the law here. Um, I know that there was a sort of semi-flushing toilet a long time before the Romans in some of the Greek islands. But like the definition of flushing is a bit contested. Um, so it may not be particularly accurate, but he invents the toilet in this children's book and he gets the emperor to come around to dinner, the emperor and his wife. And I don't know which emperor it's meant to be, actually. A reread would be interesting. And then feeds them a really rich, delicious meal and then about half an hour later they both go oh gosh have you, have you got any facilities and he directs them to these beautiful flushing toilets and they spend about an hour wow. kind of luxuriating on the toilets reading books flushing again and again um and i, I loved it vesuvius <laughs> previous so that's my first pitch and that's really classy and yet when i spend an hour luxuriating on the toilet my husband texts <laughs> me asking me if i'm all right which i think is an unfair double standard 
Okay, so Vesuvius Puvius, that sounds like a that sounds like a winner for sure. It's a real it's a really good book. Flo, you've got a child, any of you got a child, like get them on Vesuvius Puvius. I think I will. When they can read. I think yeah, I'm actually making a mental checklist of things that I'm going to buy for uh, buy for my kiddo uh, based on all of the suggestions for today. Right, you mentioned I think that you had another another pitch for me. Yes. So my second pitch is a much more mainstream um, book, which I think a lot of our listeners may already know, unlike Vesuvius Puvius, um, <laughs> which is Percy Jackson, which huge, absolutely huge Percy Jackson. Um, had a film of it. It's recently got a new TV series. I'm not sure if that's out yet, but very recently. And that is basically, if you don't know what it is, it's basically a story about a boy called Percy Jackson, full name Perseus. Um, and he is a demigod. So he's like half god half mortal um and he's a son of poseidon i'm pretty sure and then a mortal mother and he sort of goes off has those adventures makes loads of friends with other demigods other kind of semi-mythical figures but he lives in like 21st century america so he goes to camp half blood which is uh the sort of training ground for these like demigods but it's on long island uh which they tell me is is in america i only know it from the iced tea variation but they nice tell me it's there. and he he sort of has adventures with them okay well that sounds quite fun i mean it's mixing it up a little bit we're in the we're in the modern day instead of uh back in ye olden times that sounds kind of funky funky and fresh it's really good the film has logan lerman in it and i don't think it did very well the film it was i think slightly critically panned but the tv series that the new one is meant to be good so it's it's clearly got a lot of traction, that one. It was extremely popular. My brother loved it, which I keep mentioning him on this episode. I think he was quite wary of classical things because that was kind of my interest and he didn't like it when our interests overlapped, which is sort of fair enough. But he liked Percy Jackson enough that he would read it. Okay, so maybe maybe if I'm not inclined to read, I might check out the uh, films then. Yeah, or new TV series. You've got a range of options. In fact, there are yet more options as well. In quite a nice way, um, Rick Ryden, the author, has not just covered ancient Greek mythology, uh, but within that same universe, there are other pantheons represented uh, in different series of books. So there's the Cain Chronicles, which covers um, ancient Egypt, for example. And I think there's a Viking one as well, or like a Norse one. Oh, cool. Bit of ancient Near Eastern representation. Yes, although unfortunately, no, there's no Babylonian or Sumerian, as usual. Gap in the market. I'm telling you guys, we need to get on this. That Gilgamesh movie will get commissioned. We will we will do it. <laughs> What's our oh our pitch was something to do with Anne Hathaway, I seem to remember. Anne Hathaway is Enkidu. Anne Hathaway is Enkidu. <laughs> the glow up. The glow up. Oh yes, of course. It was the like Princess Diaries style glow up. Yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised someone hasn't taken that off our hands already, to be honest. Mark my words, if we think of it, someone will produce it in the next couple of years and we'll spend our lives bitter and twisted about it. It's happened to me many times. Got very excited once because I invented a washing machine that was also a tumble dryer at the same time and someone informed me that those do in fact exist <laughs> and have done since before I was born. Um, <laughs> I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter about it. Okay, so Barney, uh, let's come to you next. Um what have you got to offer me as a pitch? So I will be pitching some non-fiction today rather than rather than some fictional children's literature. This is a sort of a children's learning book, um, which before it was eclipsed by its TV show counterpart, was probably one of the more popular ways for kids to get access to fun information about the ancient world, well, and history in general. Um, and I'm talking, of course, about the Horrible Histories series by Terry Deary. Oh, yeah. 
Oh uh, yeah, I actually I was a I was a subscriber to the Holbo Histories magazine as well. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was a subscriber as well. <laughs> oh man, so the magazine it was one of those ones that came with like four free gifts in every issue, and the issues were great of themselves. But each one also came with some little cards, like not trading cards exactly, but sort of like fact file cards, and a timeline that you could put in your timeline binder. And some other bits that I now can't remember, but it was brilliant. The, the series was so good. I think the series probably had a greater breadth of history covered than the books. But yes, anyway, uh, the, the book that I'll be pitching is probably The Awesome Egyptians, um, which I don't know if any of you can cast your minds back to your sort of year one library bookshelf, but it had a picture of a mummy, you know, the classic looking sort of 1930s horror movie mummy, the toilet paper style. Uh, lumbering towards two um, sort of archaeologists, and they're saying, "I want my mummy." Oh, that's the kind <laughs> of top tier joking that we come to Terry Deary for. And the puns <laughs> only get better from there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, really, like in in the same way that kind of when I was a little kid, I, I read the Beano, and that informed a lot of my like cheekiness and love of pranks and stuff like that. I think the kind of rubbish jokes in horrible histories did probably influence my love of dad jokes and although i'm not a father myself at this current moment in time to my knowledge um i'm I'm ready (laughs) imagine if someone writes in being like um (laughs) nine months ago (laughs) this is how you find out i met a roguish lover of pranks who (laughs) on a trip he traded me some of his horrible history cards and that was it trip to the pyramids he he wouldn't stop talking about the sumerians but i just couldn't resist (laughs) He he didn't half Babylon. Oh, Terry Deary, is that you? Oh, oh. that's good. <laughs> Flo, write that down. I am I'm writing it down now. Writing it down right now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Barney. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm ready to fill those those shoes of, of dad jokery um, if and when the time comes. And I, I put that down to Terry Deary. So yeah, if we look to the first page of the Awesome Egyptians, um, there are three little panels. Um, of little little cartoons which is the the sort of the hallmark of of horrible histories and uh it's teachers trying to teach their children about ancient egypt and the children are quipping quipping back like (laughs) marvel characters um so the first joke is tutankhamun was pharaoh you girl what do i mean by pharaoh and she says uh someone whose hair isn't darko oh yeah (laughs) so he's led with that one terry day was like that here we go here we go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's start strong with that and then uh second one the egyptians wrote in hieroglyphics you boy what's a hieroglyphic and the boy says a bit, a bit taller than a lower that's, that's i think that's better than the hair one actually have you got any more that we can guess but the teacher claps back you're expelled <laughs> dang extreme <laughs> the tomfoolery Gosh. afoot on the first page alone should uh, let you know what's in these pages Shall I, shall I let you guess the, the third one then? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, cool. So the third one, the teacher says, how many sides has a pyramid? Yes, Wayne. What does Wayne say? Wayne would say uh, two, sir, the inside and the outside. Ah, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, really? Genuinely, like almost verbatim. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Watch out, Terry Deary. I'm coming for your shtick, man. <laughs> Yeah, the the bar is low. I think I think Barney. The reason why I could guess that is because I am a thicko, so I really just method acted my way into Wayne's shoes there. <laughs> what does he actually say? Can we just get the verbatim quote just for clarity? 
Please, sir. Two, sir. An inside and an outside. No. Nice. Way. So that's genuinely quite impressive. Or should I say Wayne? That's quite impressive. He's with Dang, us. Dang, you've uncovered He's me. He's on the pod. I, while I'm on this um, ego trip and I can brag some more. So I actually met the illustrator for the Horrible History series or one of them. And I remember there being a, a factoid about the books saying, oh, we used the like crushed up beetles, cochineal beetles to make the red dye for this these book pages. Isn't that gory or something like that? And because I was about 10 or 11, the only thing that I could say upon being introduced to him was, you paint with beetle blood. And he went, but, uh, sorry? And I said, cochineal uh, is the red dye used in, in the books to make, make to print the books. And he went, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Anyway. You led with cochineal. Cochineal. I know what that is. I'm autistic. <laughs> this, is, this, is how I, this is how I socially interact. Just beetle blood straight out the bat. Yeah, fantastic. The conversation wasn't hugely prolonged, but he was very nice and very sweet to me, uh, despite the fact that I was a very weird child. Yeah, that is a that's a very horrible history, sort of gory detail. Um, but you know, the 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 factual core of the books is is pretty good. Um, and although yes, a lot of it's toilet humor and silly jokes, like they are a brilliant introduction to the ancient world. At least in these in these specific ancient ones, obviously they go right the way up to the twentieth century. Um, and yeah, it was actually the groovy Greeks that was my favorite. But since I've got to try and stick to the ancient Near East, um, I've gone for the Egyptians today. But yeah, I probably have told this story before, and it's one of my more uh, cringe moments but i think yeah the horrible histories groovy greeks was on my personal statement as like my inspiration for getting into uh classics in the ancient world i don't think that's cringe i think that i think that's uh, a nice demonstration of how you got into the ancient world via accessible media so true i think that's lovely actually it's a oh. real it i mean i loved the groovy greeks as well i remember reading it in the bath and it was so all the pages were like a centimetre thick because I'd read it in the bath and it had fallen in too many times. It was one of my real, real go tos. So right there with you. Yeah, mine was extremely beat up as well. Um, <laughs> and it, of course, introduced me to one of my favourite ancient world jokes, which is the, the one about the ripped trousers. Euripides. Yeah, Euripides trousers, Eumenides. Fantastic. <laughs> so good. Genuinely so good. <laughs> Now that's a good joke. That's better than the pyramid one. No offense, Flo. Uh, well, speak for yourself, Meg. What were, what were the Romans? Were they rotten Romans? If I can remember rightly. Yes, rotten Romans. That I think. sounds right. Yeah, I, I I I enjoyed that that book series as well. Uh, and I think I shall have to reinvestigate those. I have a confession. That sounded really sultry for some <laughs> reason. I have a confession. <laughs> I didn't read horrible histories. <gasps> I know. Can you immediately revoke your status as a as an ancient Rome expert, please? Blimey. How can you have not read the horrible histories? I just didn't. They I didn't they weren't in the library, I didn't have them on my shelf. The first time I came across them was when I was on the most awful work experience placement at um a Greek pottery museum and I had like nothing to do. And that's that's when I read horrible histories for the first time. Okay, you had me panicking that you'd never read them. Yeah, it was like one book that I read during that work experience placement, one of the Horrible History series. can't remember which one it was, actually. I think it might have been Groovy Greeks. <laughs> Groovy Greeks, it's a classic. Because I think, actually, for a lot of people, the most famous ones are the... Because these are the ones that I think were really big in the TV series, the, like, Georgians and Tudors and... And I do think, eventually, I got more into those. I think the Groovy Greeks was a kind of gateway drug into like 
uh, medieval and early modern history. I guess you can, you know, they're, they're quite like a timeline in horrible histories and you can you can sort of work your way through, can't you? I think I remember them being very satisfyingly organised on my shelf in, in chronological order. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. When I said gateway drug, I just meant it happens before. Yeah, that was quite harsh of me. <laughs> Um, I also also shout out to the Savage Stone Age, which does actually have a bit of like the Sumerians in. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That is cool. I, I actually haven't read that one, so I might need to check it out. Did he write them in chronological order or did he just start with the exciting no. bits first? No, I think they were they were published sort of all, you know, out, out of order, out of sequence all over the shop in the sort of late 90s. I wonder if we should shout out someone who's written a um, an upcoming sort of horrible histories-esque children's introduction to the egyptians that's coming out soon so greg jenner who was actually the historical advisor for horrible histories is now writing his own children's um history book series and he's starting with the egyptians and i i can't remember the publication date maybe we can check that afterwards and shout him out on twitter but yeah he's um he's writing another one cool i wonder how much it'll overlap or if he's going to go in a really different direction I actually want to jump in with a pitch of my own, if I may. Ooh. Exciting. So I have a book uh, by Dorling Kindersley, uh, who are a huge children's publisher. And it is a very old book. I think it was published in the early 90s um, about ancient history. And it it covers a range of ancient civilizations, including ancient Near East. And I loved it so much that when I lost it... Um, when I when I became a grown up and moved moved house, I sought out and bought another one. Um, it to be fair, I think this is probably a neurodivergent child thing, but I was obsessed with the cross sections in it. So there were cross sections of hypercourse in Roman bathhouses, there were cross sections of Greek boats, there were cross sections of the pyramids, and there were all sorts of sort of informative pictograms. So it was all all non-fiction obviously um and it just laid out all these beautiful images hand-painted images they were just beautiful and i've still got it still got my new copy um and uh i love it and love it still oh that's brilliant dawlin kindersley is such a like such a throwback for me so good i think i had like the ultimate i don't think they actually they didn't they didn't really do exaggeration like that i had like the official star wars guide or something like that <laughs> yeah. nice great those hardback white covers. Oh. Yes, so good. Do you remember the the like CD ROMs um, yes. with like Dawn and Kindersley content on them, and they had a little like trailer that played at the start, or like a little intro credits thing, and uh, the music slapped. <laughs> Can you sing it for us, Barney? <laughs> if I sing it, that it will unlock some memories. Yeah, for you. please. Bum ba da da dun, bum ba da da dun, bum ba da dun 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 dun. Dun, oh dun, my dun, god dun. that do you remember that yes yeah i do i would never have remembered that but that is actually unlocking something it's quite like it was quite adventurous it was quite like exciting it was through a museum i think it was like a fly through. yes yes um, you're yeah. right yeah. and it was really sort of um like the graphics were super super early 2000s core yeah i do remember that vividly there's like a parrot flies out oh my god the parrot the parrot has, has really unlocked that for me actually I love those, and you would you'd get it in like the sleeve, right? The D, the CD ROM thing would come like as part of the book, and it was it was just like you're like wow, I'm experiencing this content in so many different mediums already. Children of the millennium, we really had it all. 
We did. I'm listening to all of this and thinking like, wow, respect to children and and like teenagers. We just were sort of all of these, we were just sponges for information, right? Who now would go away and willingly like read a textbook full of cross sections? I know I wouldn't. I'd be like, excuse me, please give me the next rom-com. Thank you very much. (laughs) Because, but like children just go and find these things for themselves. Even like I was in the library with my daughter the other day and there was this sort of six-year-old, he was going up to the reference shelf and he was like getting off this book about Roman shipbuilding. And I was like, you are awesome. Kids are awesome oh you and me uh were built different it might be the autism but i would absolutely look at cross sections (laughs) now just as a hobby i remember going to look at the like family health book that my mum had on a shelf somewhere in the house and just looking at all these ailments just sitting on the floor like flicking through and looking at like acne and eczema (laughs) and all these sorts of things and i have a confession oh no what is it sultry well, since it was, you know, it was sort of an anatomical diagnostic type thing, there were there were also, um, you know, images of nude bodies, and I did I did look at those. <gasps> Don't worry, Barney. Barney. We've all we've all looked up sex in the dictionary, haven't we? Who here Who here can honestly say they haven't at school looked up the word sex and gone, ha 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 ha? That's a naughty word. Um, I I don't think that we should have mentioned horrible histories earlier in this episode without um giving a shout out to our favourite person, um or my favourite person, um and I think I'm his, uh Matthew Bainton, who is only one of the original team who brought horrible histories to our uh childhood television sets, but he is I think I can fairly say our our podcast favourite. So if you're listening, Matt, and I know you are. Uh, just come on, just give us a call, give us a text and come on the podcast anytime. It is just, it's just outrageous that we've got Greg Jenner and Matt Bainton just lurking. Like they, we know they're consuming the content, <laughs> they're just not engaging. Yeah, them and Toby Jones, like <laughs> what is going on? I know. <laughs> Number one podcast stand, Toby Jones. Number one podcast stand, Toby Jones. It's a real like reciprocal relationship with, with old Toby, as yeah. of last week. Yeah, as of only only as of the last episode. Um, yeah, shout out to the Horrible Histories TV show because I think we're probably not going to cover Horrible Histories in this season as a television show. But I really think it would be amiss if we didn't mention how uh, accessible that format was for getting young people interested in Horrible Histories. I actually have watched Horrible Histories as recently as a year ago. It's just fun and enjoyable, and I think it's one of those things that you can watch no matter what your age is, and really enjoy it. I think that's the vibe we try and go for on the podcast, with the occasional bleep here and there. I think it's it's just so lovely. Like, I know my, my pictures were Vesuvius Puvius and Percy Jackson, and I think it's really lovely to think that... I mean, Percy Jackson... I looked this up just before the record, actually. There, one came out in... The, I think the last one I read came out in 2009. Um, so I was about 14 then, I think. And then two more Percy Jackson books have come out recently. And obviously there's this new TV series, which has quite a famous young man in. I didn't recognise him, but I'm not hip and young. I think he was in a film with Ryan Reynolds. So he's, he's a famous teenager, basically. Um, and it's amazing to think that a new generation of young people are going to get the classics packaged in that accessible format the same way that we did with the original Percy Jackson books or with the Horrible History series. Like, it's so lovely to think it just keeps coming around again and again. And even if it is, Flo, I was so there with you with the cross-sections. I had the Inside a Roman House one and you could turn the pages and it was like a cross-section of a house and it was so good and I don't know why it was so addictive. But even if it's through a cross-section, the kids are all right. They're going to get it. 
they are going to get it. And as we mentioned before, ancient history is having its moment. And I think we've really had a moment on today's episode with all of your different pitches. So now I'm going to let you know which pitch was my favourite. And um, I'm just going to tell you that all of them, all of them were my favourite. I couldn't possibly pick one. So I'm going to start in the way that I questioned all of you. So Xenia, I think you were the first person to pitch. Uh, what was your What was your thing that you're going to go away and engage with? Certainly Vesuvius Pubius. No. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. Absolutely. <laughs> what a brilliant story. I found a YouTube video of the story, actually. So that's another way to engage. Sick. <laughs> Brilliant. And also, I think it harks back to our episode on ancient toilets way back. I can't remember which season it was, but that's one of my favourite episodes. So uh, so I wonder how many parallels we can draw with that uh, episode of Against the Law. Um, okay, Meg, since you did Vesuvius Puvius, and I think I questioned you second, um, what was your thing that you're going to engage with the most after this? Oh, that is a good question. What we're going to engage with the most. I think, to be honest, I was really swayed by Barney's sort of the just the very fond memory of the groovy Greeks. And that really took me back to how I initially got into classics, which was very much like going upstairs on my own and reading the book in the bath or in bed or whatever and just feeling so excited and it was like a secret thing for me although obviously thousands of eight-year-olds across the country were doing the same thing so I'm going to go with groovy Greeks. Yeah I definitely have vivid memories of going off and taking myself upstairs with a book and reading it or sat on the floor or lying on the floor kicking my feet behind me and reading a really good book till it's bedtime. That's a good time. So good memories. Barney, Groovy Greeks was your suggestion and I think I questioned you third in fact that's the only option that I have left so what what piece of media are you going to engage with after this episode? I think it's gonna have to be Caroline Lawrence's Roman mystery novels um I they played a huge part in my own excitement about the ancient world when I was younger and I can't recommend them to any parents of young children or young people listening to the podcast enough and I would love to brush up on them as well because I think I can only remember the details of the Thieves of Ostia so I'm gonna go and do a rabbit hole on uh, Caroline Lawrence and say thanks very much Caroline and we miss you. And I even believe that they turned that into a TV show as well didn't they so that's another way that you could engage uh, with Caroline's work. Oh yes we should definitely say for all this children's stuff that there's some really brilliant um, content on YouTube uh you know around the around the nonsense and rubbish that's also on youtube i think a lot of horrible history stuff can be found there as well so there's there's some really good um children's sort of fun educational options available on youtube as well as these books that we're talking about definitely there's a wealth of material out there you just got to look for it really don't you so that is it for today's episode so i'm gonna go away and i'm gonna brush up on caroline lawrence's roman mysteries novels i'm gonna have a look at vesuvius puvius i'm definitely gonna read horrible histories and i think i'm gonna watch percy jackson series i think uh so that's it for today's episode and you can catch us next time on against the law if you've enjoyed today's episode you can always choose to support us on patreon we've got all sorts of tiers for every budget starting from just three pounds a month benefits include getting each episode a day early stickers and your name in cuneiform you can find us on twitter at against law and you can also find us on tiktok at against the law podcast We're also always happy to hear suggestions, questions about the podcast and other requests. If you want to email us, our email is againstthelawpodcast at gmail.com.